This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Clary. C is for chunk. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Good afternoon. Happy Tuesday. This is the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez Clary are with you today. Hello, Rico. Hello. How's it going? I am fantabulous. How are you? Good, sir. Good. We're, we're, we're doing well. Um, a lot of exciting stuff on the horizon here. We are currently watching the Birmingham Bowl between Houston and Auburn here in the studio. Nick is sad. Not really. I just don't want to see Auburn win. I would like to see Nick is Houston. not a fan of the SEC because it just means more. That I, I wouldn't even go that far. I would say... You're not a fan of Auburn? No, it's not even that. It was, It's more of a... I like when in, in bowl games... Oh, oh, almost had it. Oh, did he keep that in? No. No, it went back. in. Sorry. Um, it's, it's almost like I would rather see Houston beat Auburn. Houston comes in 11-2 and two and Auburn is 6-6. Six and six. You mean future Big 12 power Houston? Yeah. I, I believe their quarterback, Toon, has three interceptions, though. People forget Houston, Cincinnati, UCF, Big 12 in uh, two years. A year? 2023, 2023. I think? I don't, so I don't know how to say that because it's going to be next year in three days. <laughs> Four days. That's a good point. Um, I, there's a lot There's a lot going on at the end of this week um, because of the new year. And it's it's always a little way, uh, weird just right out of the, right out of the gate, um, remembering that it's 2022 already. Um, as always, 402-464-5685, Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Sutter Heyman text line, both those open for you uh, the two hours of the show today. This is our last two-hour show, Rico. This is our wow. final two-hour show. We've survived, hours. we've survived a week and two days with it. I, I th- think people I, I, liked it. I thought it went pretty well. Surprisingly, um, has anybody wrote a letter yet? Is that is that a thing? We were were we starting a letter well letter writing campaign to to keep the happy hours, or? happy hours, not just the happy hour, the happy hours. I don't know. There's been a, I think two hours is good. It's a good. It's a nice. It's a nice two hours. We can get our yeah. We can get our uh, our laughs in with some funny talk, and we can you know keep it serious with some sports talk. Oh. I enjoy it. And I will also say this: when Nebraska football is not in a bowl game. And Nebraska basketball is not playing well. Um, we, we've definitely talked about volleyball, but that season's over. Husker women's basketball, we've talked about just as much, if not even more, than men's basketball. Going for 13-0 on Thursday. They are. Flex time, 2 o'clock on BTN. Once again, we will provide live updates as that show goes around. Or that, that game, game happens. Not like live updates, because we can't do that, but You're live right. updates. And so we'll 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 you know mix in some other things. We 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 appreciate all the guests that we've had on. Jacob Padilla is not available today, unfortunately. He's out in uh, at Baxter Arena at the Metro Holiday Tournament, watching some high school basketball. Couldn't get away to a quiet spot. And plus, let's be real. I mean, there nothing has really changed with Husker basketball. We we'll talk about it absolutely. He should have just done the interview from half court. Yeah, 
just straight up stood well, at half so court. So what what is interesting is that it's at that tournament. It's the the girls basketball tournament, I believe, is where he's at. They're having a shot clock. I saw that. Their attempt there. It's the first game, or it was this morning, the first game with a shot clock I, at the high school level. I really wish we could get him on because I want to know how that's going. I yeah. want to know if it's going as badly as everybody thought it was going to go because whenever you brought up a shot clock, people would always come back with, well, they can't deal with a shot clock. They haven't dealt with a shot clock. It's going to ruin the offense, and they won't be able to yeah. figure out how to get into their sets in time, and, and it'll it, it's, it's going to ruin the game of basketball at the high school level. And I'm like, you do realize at the next level and the level after that, they need a shot clock, mm-hmm. and I believe they use it in AAU. So. If, if they play AAU and if they plan on going further after high school, they had better get used to a shot clock. Well, what's not, I mean, one, the shot clock discussion always comes up in the state tournament time because, especially at PBA, mm-hmm. um, because there's, I, I can picture a scenario now. It's the, the state final or the state semifinal, and there's a minute 21 left on the clock, and it's a two possession game, let's just call it that. And whoever's leading milks Hold. the clock. Hold, hold well, it. possession, possession, and yes, I, I hate it so and, much. And yes, I understand that that's like not that's not even abusing the game right now because there is no shot clock, but there are ways around that to where it, um, where you have to earn that win in crunch time if it's a one or two possession game. So we'll we'll see how that is. I'm sure we'll talk. Because um, I remember when I was in college, I was at the bar and they had the high school basketball games are and their yeah. games on, and there was a score that was like. 14 to something and yeah. I was like what is happening well, and then I saw the offense and they would just hold hold and just keep mm-hmm. passing it around the arc until somebody made a mistake because they tried to jump a pass and then they would have like an open three or they'd you know yeah. drive to the lane and get a layup I'm just like this is and then the other team just went fast went down and scored yeah. and I was just like yep that's that's why they're holding well, it and and there's the shot clock that they're using today or trying out testing out today is 35 seconds so it's 35 seconds That's is plenty of time to run your offense, enough time. especially at the high school level where there are, I mean, I'll just be honest here. There are many times where you're finding um, struggles to run your whole offense mm-hmm. smoothly for 35 seconds. Um, and, and a lot of the offenses, if you go fast pace, will not take nearly 35 seconds. So mm-hmm. there are ways to combat the issue of milking the clock in one or two possession games at the end of very serious games in terms of the state tournament, mm-hmm. in terms of district finals. So I, we'll we'll talk to Jacob about that next weekend mm-hmm. or and next it, week on Tuesday. And if you want to be like, I don't I don't want to be rude or sound rude or or careless with this, but uh, for the really good teams, you either have one person that you're getting the ball to, and it's not going to take 35 seconds for yeah. them to get to the rim, get to the rim or get a shot off. Or you're such a fluid team in in team in the sense of being a team mm-hmm. that the ball moves so quickly that again you're not going to need the entire 35 seconds to find a good shot. And let's be real, if if you have one good player on the team, whether it's girls or boys basketball, and you take 35 seconds to run in isolation, and you just sit at the top of at, near half court, and that's all for 30 seconds, it's not very fun to watch. No. Um, and when you need 10 or 12 seconds to run in isolation. And it's play. also, you know, outside of just watching, it's not going to help anybody with their no. basketball skills. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll talk to Jacob Padilla about that. I thought that was really interesting and, and cool. 
Um, exciting times. I like it. For, for Nebraska Preps basketball, they're trying out, if you're just joining us, trying out a shot clock at the, the Metro Holiday Tournament out at Baxter Arena today. Um, and so no Jacob Padilla from Hale Varsity uh, today. Maybe we can grab him later in this week since we have still shows Wednesdays and Thursday. Um, but we'll have, we're back to an hour tomorrow, just two to three. Aaron will join us from Hale Varsity tomorrow at 2.30. Maybe Nebraska has a quarterback by then. Who knows? Probably not. Probably not. I we, am, say, we say it every single week. Yeah, I'm going to go with first, uh, second week in January. Second week second in January. Second week in January, Nebraska has their quarterback. I need to write that down. We need to start keeping track of these things, Rico. We should, starting, starting next week, we will start keeping track of things. We'll put it in like a notes app or something because we have whiteboards everywhere, but they get erased quite yeah. often. Except for this one. This one does well, not. Well, this one's going to be changing in our in our – in our studio here. This one's going to yep. be changing. Happer Just and Schaefer will be erased. Tom and Tom's, Tom, name, will Tom's be erased. name will be erased. Bach is still here. Bach's here. Bach's here for the long haul. DP, DP, and J. I don't know where Bach's name is going to go. We don't know. We'll find out. But So we'll, we'll talk about Husker quarterback. We, we had that conversation yesterday that we started at 3.30, and that's probably my fault for starting it so late because that's a conversation that not only could go that half hour – but could go an hour because there are so many angles here um, how this thing could play out. And and I know Tom and Bach talked about it a little bit, but there's there's ways that they bring in a quarterback and it's for to compete for the starting job, mm-hmm. which is very interesting to think about, um, especially when at the beginning of this whole transfer portal cycle, the thought, the common thought was bring in a guy that clearly is a step above what you have. And now we're getting to that point where if Casey Thompson, let's, let's just say this, hypothetical, if Casey Thompson and um, Chubba Purdy do not come to Nebraska, where are they looking? You're standing around saying, how big of a step up is any of the talent that is currently in the transfer portal? Now, the the reason that I'm I'm skeptical skeptical about saying that either of those two guys come mm-hmm. into Nebraska is that we are a little over a month removed from the final Husker football game, and their whole pitch has kind of been throughout this whole cycle. You would imagine that it's been, hey, come to Nebraska and be the starting quarterback, and here we are on December 28th without a quarterback and without even a sniff of what kind of quarterback they're looking at without a thought or even a hint of who they're talking to, we wouldn't have known that they're for sure talking to Chubba Purdy or have talked to Chubba Purdy unless he announces that he has an offer. We're not even sure they're talking fully to Casey Thompson because Casey Thompson hasn't tweeted out that he has an offer. We have seen... I guess I guess yeah. we've ta- that we know that they're talking. Yeah. But we've the seen offer, the articles of, yes. of Casey Thompson in contact with Nebraska and him, you know, feeling strongly about attending Nebraska next season. But we have no concrete way outside of, you know, a couple articles here and there, which and, I guess that's about as concrete as you're going to get th- outside of him saying something. Th- that's a good point, Rico. And we don't know where they're at in that process. Yeah. And then you, you throw in the, the wrinkle of there's a chance that this thing, if they don't find somebody that they're comfortable with um, or, or find – a quarterback that is comfortable coming to Nebraska and playing, there, there's a way that this thing could drag out to the end of spring ball. 
You don't want that. You don't want that. No. You de- you're installing a new offensive plan, a new I- offensive identity. Yep. You need somebody here to go through the spring with. And honestly, yeah. possibly somebody to go through winter conditioning. Because, I mean, you're not installing the offense during the winter, but at least you can get a playbook in their hand and get them into the type of shape that you need them in. You know, whether you need to put some weight on that person or whether that person needs to lose some weight, which I don't I don't see many quarterbacks currently in the transfer portal that you would need to take weight off of. So, well, you know, just gaining some weight to deal with. Again, you know, we keep going back to it. The the rigors of the Big Ten, you know, you have to get through an entire season playing aggressive, tough, hard-nosed Big Ten defenses. Well, and you talk about manipulating is not really the right word, but changing a body type for a, for a guy that they bring in, you kind of hope that that's not the the deal. Because, number one, that, that would mean and lean towards the, the thought that they settled on a guy and feel like they're confident enough in changing his body type mm-hmm. to fit their offense, what they want to do. Which, once again, we're not entirely sure. And there's a very good chance that we don't know until August 28th when they kick off against Northwestern in Ireland. And judging also, I understand that it's a new offensive coordinator and hopefully a new guy calling the plays and there's some change throughout the throughout the football program. Mm. But there's a chance that we still don't know what they're trying to do or uh, wanting to accomplish after that game against Northwestern. Because let me remind you that through four years, you still were not able to say what Scott Frost's identity was on offense. Other than... Adrian Martinez, please try to be Superman, keep us in the ball game. And then towards the back half of this last season, hey, we're going to lean on our defense, but offensively, we still need our Adrian Martinez to be Superman yeah, and make a play. Because they would mix it up from game to game where you had games where they would lean on the running game even if it wasn't successful. Um, and, you know, you'd get a bunch of rushing touchdowns from quarter from, from running backs. So you get, you know, not 100-yard not games, but you'd get some pretty solid rushing numbers from uh, a litany of running backs in, in that room. Um, and then you'd have games where they would be asking Adrian Martinez to air it out to wide receivers and tight ends and running backs out of the backfield. And then you had games where it was all on Adrian Martinez's legs. So yeah. it the way that their offense worked, it was just, Adrian Martinez, you're going to do one of two things in this game, mm-hmm. or we don't really know what's going to happen. Yeah, and and Happer did that whole um, looking back on the 10 memories this, this morning. I didn't like that. He told me today about... Um, he heard yesterday he was he was preparing for the show and he was telling me about that and it, it's wild how everything that immediately there's a good thing that happens in Nebraska and immediately a bad thing happens outside of the Northwestern game mm-hmm. and there's got to be a way that Nebraska once again has to stop shooting themselves in the foot and and so I don't want to dive full into this quarterback conversation quite yet we can hit on it later we'll, we'll definitely hit on it later I want to talk Husker hoops. Um, there is a little bit of that that we can talk about um, next segment, bowl games. Because this just came out from Bruce Feldman three minutes ago. And, and it's kind of wild. You have to follow this stuff, this COVID issue stuff, every single minute of the day to mm-hmm. stay up to date. Things are switching um, constantly. Three minutes ago, Bruce Feldman says this, Tonight's holiday bowl between UCLA and NC State is canceled. The Bruins' D-line room has been decimated by COVID issues. So there's no holiday bowl tonight. Between the de- UCLA your, and NC State. Just get your, your third-string offensive lineman and put them on D-line. What are you doing? It's just your defensive line room. You'll be that, fine. That simple. What, that did you think simple. you were going to win the game, UCLA? 
I, there's a chance UCLA is not horrible. Look, man, just just put it all on Dorian Thompson Robinson if he's playing in this game, mm-hmm. uh, and and hope that NC State doesn't want to run the ball. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, interesting stuff going on. Just don't have any down uh, defensive linemen. Just just have a bunch of linebackers in there. Everybody's standing mm-hmm. up. It would confuse the offense. Yeah. Um, one guy that was really really confused, Ian Book. I felt, did you did you I, watch the game last night? I Rico? didn't, but I was I was oh. seeing the gifts and I saw <laughs> people talking about it, so I watched some of the highlight well highlights quote unquote. Um, man, I feel bad for Ian Book. Ian Book. So Josh Boyer, the the defensive coordinator for Miami for the Dolphins, gave him every possible look last night that they could have drawn up. Everything. Whether it was rushing guys, whether it was dropping eight guys, whether it was dropping seven guys, it was. Ian Book had no idea what to do. Couldn't catch a break, and I felt terrible. He threw. He did throw a. T- I did see a tweet. He threw a touchdown in his first, <laughs> first uh, NFL game, which was good for Miami Dolphins touchdown. Good, good for Ian Book. But do you see that Notre Dame quarterbacks are like zero for twenty six in their really? last starts in the NFL? Yeah, they, Notre Dame quarterbacks not good. Think, think about what they have in the future here. Also, impossible NFL guys. Jack Cohn. Not good. Is, is Jack Cohn is Jack Cohn about a about a getting an is NFL Jack win in his first time? The the only Notre Dame starter that can win a game in the NFL. I guess we'll see. Well, we'll maybe we, we probably won't. <laughs> I don't know unless it's a unless it's a situation like that where they everyone have to, is out. They have to throw Jack Cohn in. So we'll we'll talk about that. Um, we'll talk about bowl games coming up next here with opt outs because I know Rico has thoughts on that. I have feelings. I, I want to talk about Husker hoops because actually. Before I, I talked to Jacob earlier this morning and found out he was not available today, um, I was reading an article that he wrote on HailVarsity.com. Nebraska basketball in non-conference, not good, unfortunately, <laughs> and and throughout the whole Fred Hoiberg era. And then I want to have that conversation of, did we misjudge how much work and progress Tim Miles made at Nebraska? Oh. And and I want to make this very clear, and I'll say it again when we do dive into it here. I, I believe I'll, we'll do that in the 3 o'clock hour. But this is not a do-we-want-Fred-Hoiberg-fired conversation. I'm not making this about that. We're going to take Fred Hoiberg out of that, out of this conversation. Mm-hmm. But it's more of a did we misjudge at the time. Were we too harsh on Tim Miles? Yes. Did Nebraska basketball find their ceiling with Tim Miles? Oh, because they they finished they finished the last year nineteen and seventeen, and made the NIT. Oof. And here we were going into year four with Fred Hoiberg. Is it four? That he's a year behind Frost. Year three. Yeah. Year three with Fred Hoiberg. Saying, bubble NCAA tournament team. And hopefully NIT. We felt like this team has the talent. And and once again, they're just about to start the Big Ten conference season. You never know what can happen with the whole COVID issues and it all ain't that. Over till it's over. So there's there's definitely a chance, and there's a there's a light at the end of the tunnel for this program to find some postseason success, whether that's in the NIT or or better. But did we misjudge Tim Miles and and how much he did for Nebraska? Or are you looking back now, four years, three or four years removed, however you want to look at it, saying, yeah, Tim Miles ran its court, ran his course here at Nebraska. So we'll, we'll talk about that as well. Um, and and whatever else pops up, we'll we'll definitely dive into 402-464-5685 text line and the Honda Lincoln Hotline are open for you both hours. We'll be back. Um, I forgot that it's Tuesday. I did. I forgot it was EAS as well. 
Thank you, Rico. I appreciate that. I, I, I was like, already starting to close it out. So we have 30 seconds before we have to take a break here. Um, I guess with the Tim Miles thing, my question would be, like, did Tim Miles reach his ceiling or did he reach? And, I mean, I, I, I don't believe this, but you some people may argue, did he reach Nebraska's ceiling? That's what I want to have that conversation is that was that the best that we could have expected from Nebraska basketball? And I don't think that's true, but... Judging how yeah. these first three years have gone, obviously it's been a major rebuild, but there's always that conversation of it's a lot easier to rebuild a basketball program than it is to rebuild a football program. That is true. In the Birmingham Bowl, Houston has taken a 17-13 lead over Auburn. We'll be back on the happy hour next. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of happy hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.